Hello, and welcome to a Believing Heart podcast, a podcast about video games and the like. I'm your host, Mario 8th. You can find me across the internet all at Mario 8th. I'm currently still on Twitter, if you're also still on Twitter. I don't know how long it's going to be safe to be on Twitter, but Twitter... I'm also on Tumblr and Co-host. Those are the ones I prefer using the most. I'm at Mario 8th on both of those. You can find me on ggapp.io if you'd like to look at the video games I'm currently playing or have played. And of course, you can find my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mario or the audio version of this podcast at anchor.fm slash Mario and all links are in the show notes. I used to be on Hive until it came out that Hive was... I, I never had a good feeling about Hive. And then it came out that Hive was a security mess, and then I just deleted my Hive account, apparently, like, the day before that they shut down the Hive servers because of how badly it was a security mess. I don't actually know if Hive is still up, but I don't trust it. I'm not gonna trust it even if it comes back up. I never had a good feeling about Hive. Something about it felt off, and I was correct. And I'm just glad that it only got my email, so if anything gets leaked, that's the only piece of information they'll have about me, and... It's just a bu- just a bummer. The whole Twitter thing's a bummer at this point. Hive is also a bummer. Who, who knows what's going to get picked up? Again, I've kind of landed on... I've never stopped using Tumblr, and I, I like co-host the most, but... Follow me there, if you'd like to. Anyway, let's move on to... The news for this week. So, first up, there's a new one of those Star Warses coming out, and I gotta be honest, I'm pumped. It's probably my biggest character flaw, but I still love me a good Star War. Obviously, Andor came out, just finished airing a couple weeks ago, and that was fantastic. Some of the best Star Wars ever, period. Just amazing work the characterization was wonderful the story it was telling we the story it was telling was excellently done i loved that show so much cassian andor i have the lego set i almost i didn't actually i didn't i almost didn't buy the lego set i thought it was silly but as we rounded out at the end of andor and we were going to have to say goodbye to these characters for years i think I just had to buy it. I want I want a little Cassian Andor, I wanted a little Luthen, and most importantly, I wanted a little pathetic little man Cyril Karn. Anyway, this news segment isn't about Cassian Andor, it's about Star Wars Jedi Seri- the Star Wars Jedi series. Because I I liked the first Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The first in the Star Wars Jedi series. I had a pretty good time with it. I played it like six months after it first came out, so any bugs or any bugs that were going to be ironed out were mostly ironed out, so my play experience was pretty solid. And I was looking forward to the next one. I liked the characterizations, especially of the side characters, specifically the Dothamirian witch whose name I'm blanking on. Cal Kestis is alright, BD1 is fantastic, and everyone on the ship other than Cal, Cal's cool. But all of his friends were a lot cooler, and I loved their interactions. I loved being able to pew lightsaber, uh, pew my lightsaber to uh, shoot the blaster bolts back at stormtroopers. I didn't like the combat too much, but overall, solid game. I enjoyed it a lot, and so uh, this news was originally leaked by a Steam page going up early, but was quickly pulled down. And with the cat out of the bag, seemingly, the official The Game Awards Twitter account announced that Jedi Survivor will have its first trailer during the Game Awards ceremony. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm 
I'm ready to jump back into the world of Star Wars. I've been really wanting to get around to the Lego Star Wars, uh, the complete Skywalker saga collection, whatever the official title is called, for a while now. With Andor coming off, I'm, I've been really in a Star Wars mood. And I'm, I'm probably going to pick up this game earlier, earlier than I should, given the history of bugs this series has. Who knows how buggy this game is going to be at launch, but I'm, I'm still going to be there. I'm, I'm really in a Star Wars mood, and I should really play the LEGO Star Wars game. That being said, I'm looking forward to the trailer, I guess. Excited to see where it takes place. I think it's a few years after the first one, not like immediately after. And I liked the first game, I'm going to play the second. I'm looking forward to it. I know Star Wars is bad, I know Disney sucks, but I like Star Wars. I really do. Moving on, in the Games Industry Union Corner, we've got some good news. Blizzard Albany QA just unanimously voted to form a union. And this news came right off the back that the National Labor Relations Board, and I quote, shot down Activision Blizzard's efforts to expand the vote to include employees from other departments rather than just QA, end quote, as per Justin Carter's reporting from GameDeveloper.com. And links to all the articles I'm talking about are in the show notes. And this is great news. Uh, this is the second QA department under Blizzard... Yeah, under Blizzard to have unionized, and it's great that it's finally getting the ball rolling. I think this one was only a 14-person team, but all 14 people voted to unionize, and now they, now Activision has even more unions to try to bust, and eventually, hopefully, they'll not be able to stop it, and the, they'll just keep going. Plus, they're union-busting from the other team that is trying to unionize. Can't remember the name exactly. But it's great that now there's two potential unions under Blizzard. Hopefully, they're going to have to start listening. Also... And then, just three days later after this first announcement, Microsoft-owned ZeniMax Studios' QA department announced their 300-person team will be voting on unionization soon. ZeniMax are the parent company behind Bethesda, or those who make the Skyrims and the Fallouts and the upcoming Starfield. And this is a 300-person team, so obviously they only announced that they are going to be voting, uh, this reporting is also coming from Justin Carter from GameDeveloper.com. They've only announced that they're going to be voting, but hopefully it goes through, and that will be the one of the first, if not one of the first, and I think the first game studio under Microsoft that will have voted to unionize potentially ever. I know Microsoft is notoriously bad for union busting. They don't have any unions underneath them, which makes this pr a pretty monumental event. And I'm really excited to see how this vote goes out. Obviously, Microsoft, I don't know if Microsoft is going to be able to union bust as hardly as they usually try to because they have a whole bunch of people looking at them, seeing if the Activision Microsoft acquisition should be able to go through. And so they're trying to, they currently, sounds like they're spending most, a lot of their wheels trying to get that going up. Are they going to be able to have enough people to pivot to try to union bust this other QA department? Hopefully not. Hopefully this goes through, and hopefully because they are trying to look good so that the, Activ Act the Activision acquisition can go through, hopefully they just accept it and they start working with this new QA union, and that would be 
fantastic news. Either way, it's great that unions are spreading across the games industry. Maybe one day unions will spread to the industry I'm a part of, but who knows. I'm just happy unions are good. We need more collective labor, um, we need more collective bargaining within our labor forces in this country. Look at the rail world stuff and how both the Democrats and the Republicans join hands to say, no, you cannot strike because we need you and you can't even have any sick days to all the railroad workers who are thinking about striking. Uh, not to get into too much of politics, but hey, if you disagree with me, get out of here. Anyway, that is mostly it for the news. I will be watching the Game Awards this Thursday. Well, I'll be watching either Kinda Funny or Giant Bomb talk over them while also on my computer, I'll have the show running on Steam so I'm eligible for their Steam Deck giveaway. They are giving away a Steam Deck, they've said every minute of the show for people who've signed up on their link somewhere and watch it on Steam for their account. And I'm hopefully going to win. I probably won't, but hopefully I will. But also, just to be safe, if you're watching this, don't also do this because I want to win one. I mean, I'm not going to win one, but also don't enter, so I have a better but still low chance. And the link is in the show notes if you want to look at it. Either or, that's still it for news. I'll most likely be recapping the Game Awards on next week's episode. I can't wait to be disappointed by who wins. All these awards that I I don't really care about. The Game Awards are bad. I know they're bad. I'm still going to watch them and get upset about the people who get snubbed, though. Either way, let's move on to what I've been doing. And I've been spending a lot of time trying to finish up my Super Mario in Review series. So far, I have all but three finished and scheduled, and honestly... It feels real darn good. I have all the Mario videos uploaded all the way through New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. That leaves three. Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Super Mario Odyssey, and the final video where I merge the two lists together. And it's... I love knowing all this hard work has just made it so my channel, as of right now, can basically exist until February. Of course, these last three are the longest of all of them. I had a lot to say about 3D World, and I, then I had even more to say about Bowser's Fury, and I had far too much to say about Odyssey. And the video where I merged the 2D and 3D lists together is different than any of my previous video. It's not scheduled, and I also have edited it to actual video instead of putting video to it later. And so that editing process is going to be completely alien to me, so it might, pay, it might take me longer to do just because I've never done it before. But I've got a goal to finish all of them by the new year. If I can't do that though, I will have to pause because I also started putting together my Game of the Year list. So I can't really just leave my channel up until February because the first week of the year I'm putting out my GOATI list. And I'll be splitting- and I already have a temp list put together. I'll be splitting it once again into 2021 games and 2022 games, so five in each list like I did last year, but I wound up only playing five 2021 games, partly due to finishing up the games I was playing for Mario in Review, partly for editing Mario in Review, partly because of the games from 2021 I've been playing. Either way, right now Deathloop is still on my 2021 list because I've only played 5 games from last year and 
I really don't want it to be on my list over the past year since I've played it. I've really begun really souring on that game. Partly because I don't think it deserves all the game of the year lists that it did get put on. Partly because I just didn't enjoy it that much. There was so much I thought could have been done a lot better and it just wasn't. So I'm hoping to start off Psychonauts 2 really soon so that I can... And I'm, I'm only guessing Psychonauts 2 will be better than Deathloop, but given my- I would put Psychonauts 1 over it. And so, I've heard a lot of great things about Psychonauts 2, so hopefully that'll be my sixth game from 2021 I play this year, and it'll bump Deathloop off. I did just recently watch a playthrough of Rhombus of Ruin. Uh, I watched that last night because I don't have a VR headset, but I did know that Rhombus of Ruin, Psychonauts Rhombus of Ruin, I mean, takes place right after. It's a direct sequel to the original Psychonauts. And so I wanted to watch that before I jumped into Psychonauts 2. Of course, when am I going to get the time to jump into Psychonauts 2? I don't know, because I still also really want to finish Mario in review, but again, I'm, in, I'm a third of the way through editing a 30 minute long video and it's taking a while, and I have two more 30 minute long videos to edit after it. I think Odyssey's a little bit shorter, but even then, still, it's gonna take me a minute. But I also wanna start Psychonauts 2, uh, partly because of the reason I just said. Also, I like playing video games, I wanna get to it. As far as video games I've actually been playing, though, I've actually, I've actually fallen pretty deep into the Mario Kart mobile game Mario Kart Tour. I've once again come around on the opinion that this game's alright. I'm having it's it's fun. It's it's when you have the top tier character, so you get three item slots, it's just kinda becomes a, a toned down Mario Kart. It's fun racing these courses, it's fun using items to get into first place, it's fun trying to rack up points. What's not fun is realizing, oh, I don't have any max max item characters there are three tiers of characters the lowest tier gets one item from an item box the middle gets two items and the top gets three items and so obviously if you only have one item in the race it's a lot harder to hit points and get ahead of everyone else and so that becomes a little frustrating especially especially because the financial model in this game is awful and they just recently changed it to make it better but it is still not good so now, since October, they've made it so you can just buy the characters you want. And most new characters cost 150 rubies. And this is fine, you get rubies at a somewhat decent trickle if you keep on playing. I think if you really time it out, you can get maybe like one, if you, if you really play a lot, which I have been, you can get maybe 1.5 characters every two weeks. Which isn't good. It's not... It's not good. But it's, it's better than it was before, where you don't even know if you get something, you just have a randomized chance to get a character. That was bad, it's what made me drop off in the first place, way back when I, a year or so ago, whenever I stopped playing. So it's 150 characters, but you know what character you're getting. But then you scroll down on the shop page a little bit more, and you realize, if you want to buy, and they bundle it up in certain different ways, but... The max amount of rubies you can buy with real US dollars is 170. And so for that one tier, you can buy one character. To get 170 rubies costs 70 
US dollars. Seven zero dollars. And that is absurd. That That is technically $70 for a little more than one character. And that's absurd to me. These characters aren't worth $70. Plus, there's still a subscription service. I think it's 15 bucks a month and then you can do a bunch of challenges. And sometimes these challenges gives you either coins or extra rubies. And I, you get a lot more rubies with the subscription, but even still, it's absurd. The, the, again, this is why I don't like gacha games. This is why I don't usually like mobile games, is they just really want to nickel and dime you for everything. I haven't spent a penny, especially with how worthless the money, the currency is. 170 for 70 dollars is useless to me. I'm not wasting my money on that. With as much fun as I've actually been having with this game, that's just an absurd amount of money to spend on it. But I've, I've, I've been having a good time. I think I'm almost about to get first place in a recent thing that's happening where you compete with other people around the world to see who can rack the most points in a specific cup. I almost got first, I have first place right now. It's closing in like five hours. It'll be my first time doing it. The game's all right. It's just don't spend money on this piece of crap. And then for actual, actual video games, if you're discounting mobile games, which I shouldn't be, I know better than to discount mobile games, but um, actual console and or PC games, which, again, it really makes me feel like I'm trashing mobile as a platform, but I'm, I shouldn't be. Either way, I've been playing the indie darling Immortality, and it's alright. It's fun. Part of the gameplay I really enjoyed. I, I really like scrubbing through the footage, clicking on things, and trying to see where they lead, whether or not I see more of the movie I'm currently watching, or I jump to one of the other two movies in it. If you don't know Immortality, basically the summary is, there's this lady, Marissa Martell, who, was star who starred in three different movies, one in the 60s, one in the 70s, and one in the very late 90s. None of these movies ever released. But then you have access to the footage. And you are trying to scrub through and figure out why these movies weren't released. And by doing that, you can scrub through the footage and click on either people or objects. For instance, if you're watching a scene from the 60s movie Ambrosio, you can click on Marissa Martel's face, and that'll take you to another scene from her third movie, two, um, two of everything and then you can watch that scene and then you go through the footage and click on a cup of water and that'll send you to another cup of water in a different scene and it's actually really fun trying to see what to click on and see where it takes you and then all together you're trying to paste together both the plots of all three of these movies while also trying to put together well why didn't any of these movies get released and that was a real good time there's also a cool twist that happens eventually in your playtime, and it's com comparable to things that happened in, like, The Witness. The Witness has a really big and good one of these. I didn't get that same feeling from this one, but it was alright. Also, the acting was phenomenal. Like, they, it, the acting was phenomenal. Like, you can tell Marissa Martell was a different character from the 70s version of her to the 8, or sorry, 
to the 60s version of her, to the 80s version of her, to the 90s version of her. And the actor, who filmed it all just, what, a year ago or so, whenever they wound up filming it, did a fantastic job. I'm blanking on her name right now. I think it's French. But she did a fantastic job. Everyone who appears in these different roles did a fantastic job. They also did a real good job of telling us with just the language of the film when it was. The 60s film has, is letterbox. It has black boxes on the side. The 70s film is widescreen, but it's still a lot grainier. And then the late 90s film looks digital. looks like a digital movie from the late 90s. And all the set design was great. The editing was great. It was really well done. I do think it falls short on the overall story they were trying to tell. I Because this, this game was really talked up in all the podcasts I listened to. Almost everyone... And if, if anyone's watching this, Voidburger or uh, Jess O'Brien, who's currently at Giant Bomb, she was the one detractor of this game, saying it was saying that uh, Sam Barlow, the, one of the lead writer and the creator of uh, these past three games he's done, which is Her Story and the second one, and, and now Immortality, she was saying that this, this game follows the same trope that all the others have, but people keep falling for it. While everyone else was saying this was a completely beautiful, innovative story, it's one of the best of the year, I do really enjoy Natalie Watson. She was on Waypoint for a while, is, is back on Waypoint every once in a while. I'm a big fan of hers, and she also is one of the producers on this game. But I, I do find myself, and I'm a big fan of her, I enjoy Voidberger's opinions, I avoid, enjoy Natalie's opinions, and I thought the game was pretty good. All the, I just, I felt somewhere in between. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was fantastic either. It was, it's like a real solid good game. This is, this is one of the few when I'm putting together my top 10. I don't know if it's going to be in my top 5 2022 games yet. I, I still have a couple weeks to decide on it, but overall it was, it was pretty good. And it was pretty good, and it was it for this episode of the Believing Heart Podcast. Again, if you'd like to follow me on anywhere, maybe not Twitter at this point, but I'm still there, or co-host, or Tumblr, not Hive, I'm not there anymore, I deleted that one, uh, you can find me anywhere at Mario 8th, or if you want to click on any of my social media links, or to click on any of the news articles I talked about, all of the links are in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you would like to, leave a rating somewhere. You can leave a thumbs up on YouTube. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe to the RSS feed on anchor.fm slash MarioAth. You can leave an iTunes review somewhere, somehow. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time.